We can talk big and say, oh man, I would die for Jesus Christ. Really? Let's see if you can when really you're going to be killed. Has your faith ever been tested by whatever ever God allows in your life so that he can see if you truly believe in Jesus Christ? Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It is so good to have you with us today for our continuing exploration of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Today, as Raul exposes the world's increasing hostility to the gospel and the possible persecution that lies ahead for Jesus' followers, we'll be led to consider our true level of devotion. As Raul will show us today, Jesus has called us to follow him no matter the personal cost. In the book of Matthew, here's Raul Reese. Let's look at the last be added to this morning in chapter 5, verse 11 through 12. This morning, my message is called, Blessed are the reviled and persecuted. And one of the things that we talk about America, when is the last time that really Americans have been persecuted? I've been to other countries. I've been to China. I've been to India. I've been to Malaysia. I've been just about Thailand, all over the world. And what's incredible, the only place I haven't been is Russia. But it's, when you look at the countries of the world, and you go to these places where the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached in secret, like in China, like those in Siberia that have been taken there because they were Christians, And the Christians from the past, they have been persecuted and killed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now America has a crisis. Crisis number one, people don't like America. We used to be number one. And you think about the maybe persecution that might come to America. I'm not saying physically, maybe. But I think of the persecution that can come financially to so many people. As the church begins not only one day to get taxed, and then you think about yourself not finding a job. And at the same time, think of the families. You have children. You have grandchildren. What is the future for them if God doesn't return within a time in the future? Let's say he tarries. What's going to happen to your children? What's going to happen to your grandchildren? They probably won't have what you've had in the past to the present. Because of high taxations. Taking our liberties away. Because they say that the Christians, they are very aggressive and they're a danger. Because we preach, we don't hate, we preach against sin. Homosexuality, lesbianism. Fornicators, adulterers, liars. I mean, it goes on when Paul talks in the epistles to the church. What the church is facing. And when I was going over the book of Matthew, especially in the attitudes that these people had, in the attitudes that the disciples were to have through the Beatitudes. That the Lord spoke these Beatitudes to them to train them. 
Not to the multitude, but disciples. And when he does teach him right now in this beatitude, he's going to teach him again like last week that there is persecution. You'll be reviled and persecuted for your faith. Because you're living a righteous life by faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to what Jesus says in chapter 5 beginning in verse 11 and 12. He says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And they say all kinds of evil against you falsely. For my name's sake. Rejoice, notice the attitude, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets in the past who were before you. So we can look back in the Old Testament and we can see Ezekiel, Isaiah, Amos, Jeremiah. All these prophets, they were persecuted and many of them were killed. Isaiah the prophet was cut in half. And when you look at the church, the apostles, when they were with Jesus Christ, the Lord warned them. He says, the world's going to hate you. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be beaten. And then some of you are going to die. And all of them, except for John and Judas, Judas betrayed the Lord. He hung himself. And John died at the age of 90. But the other 10, they all died by persecution. Because they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter was crucified upside down. See, the problem with persecution, it brings out true conversion. You'll find out, Jesus says, by their fruits, if they're really Christians. And we see that today, with the economy and all the things that are going on, our faith is going to be tested tremendously. Tremendously. Your children, your grandchildren will never have what you have had in this 40 or 50 or 60 years. They won't experience that. And when you think Jesus here is separating the multitudes to speak to the disciples, we see that here the Lord changes from the third person now to the second person when he speaks. Again, listen what he says. Blessed are you when they revile you and they persecute you. Now in the other, in verse 10, he says, blessed are they. But here he says, blessed are you. Now he's talking personally to each one of us individually. We looked at the past. Let's look at the present. Because Jesus here is turning now to his disciples personally and telling them that they need to count the cost because evil is spoken about them and eventually they're going to be persecuted, prosecuted and killed. So we have this an example here for Christians. The kind of warning that Jesus is bringing here to each one of us individually. Not only from the past to the present, but also to the future as a church. And when the Lord talks about these disciples. He wants to make sure that they're not running from fear. Or they're actually going to be kind of wimpy and say, well, you know what? I really don't want to die for Jesus Christ. But that's when your faith is really tested. We can talk big and say, oh man, I would die for Jesus Christ. Really? Let's see if you can when really you're going to be killed. Has your faith ever been tested by whatever ever God allows in your life so that he can see 
if you truly believe in Jesus Christ. Let's look at observation here for persecution in verse 11. Here the Lord gives an observation. He says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So it is true that godliness is usually attended with persecution. If you're not really walking with God, then you don't have to worry about it. At work, you compromise, they'll never see a change. But you know what the world says when you talk to people in the world? Sometimes they say this, the reason that I have not become a Christian, I look at Christians and you know what? They blow me away the way they live. They compromise. They compromise at work. They compromise wherever they are. The Jews of the past were steering up the chief men of the city. And they were raising persecution against Peter, against James, against Paul. They came against them. Listen to Acts 13, 50. And when the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women of the chief men of the city, they raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. With joy that they were kicked out of the city. And so when we look at the apostles, we look at the disciples of Jesus Christ, that the godly are called living stones by Peter in 1 Peter 2.5. Listen, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's the church. True believers. And so we must cut off sin. We must cut off people that are constantly mocking us and pray for them. Because many times mentally it can affect you when people call you names. When people do things to you that are not nice. But if it's for the sake of Jesus Christ, then you're being persecuted. Not for being weird and saying I'm being persecuted. But real persecution. When you're being defamed in your own personal life. It's up to us to live the life of Christ. Because though we Christians not only suffer persecution, we have to remember what Jesus said. We have to be meek. We have to be merciful, pure in heart. Have piety in our lives. They will not shield us from what? From suffering. From suffering. We must hang on. Notice, hang on to our lives. And make sure that we're carrying our cross. Carrying a cross. Why? It is the instrument of death. Of death. The crown of thorns that they put upon Jesus Christ. Where other kings have crowns of gold. Jesus had the crown of thorns. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'll continue with more from Raul's study in just a moment. Stay with us. First time I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away by it. I realized and I learned that we are all called to be salt in this earth. And we are to be a preservative to this world that is dying. Christ has placed us in this world to be a light to be a witness 
of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we can sometimes forget that we need to stand out from this world and to be set apart. We need to actually live the gospel. Otherwise, how can we lead people to the Lord? We are called to long-suffering, to prayer, to forgiveness. And we are called to know the purpose God has for our lives. And to be in God's perfect will so that we can complete the work He has called us to do. Allow this book, Sermon on the Mount, to minister and transform your life the same way it did my life. To find out more about Roll's new book, visit somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's return to more of today's message with Roll Reese. Look secondly at the attitude of persecution. We see that the imperative here is added by rejoicing. He says when we jump for joy, he says some jump for joy and they spin around. Because of the joy that we have that I'm being persecuted, not for me, but for the name of Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. He's the one that has called me to do everything for himself. Persecution is to be rejoiced, especially in God's salvation. How about secondly, that we see here, well, Psalm 21 says, The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. And then secondly, rejoicing because of God's word that has been given to us. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Weeping prophet, 52 years he preached. 52 years and not one person ever came to know God. But he says this in Jeremiah chapter 15, 16. He says to the Lord, your words are found and I ate them. And I ate them, he says, and your word was in me, the joy of rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of the armies, God of hosts. The word of God that brings joy to my life. The word of God that sustains me, feeds me spiritually. The word of God that gives me the boldness to speak to people. The word of God. So the word of God through the Holy Spirit can bring conviction to them. Not us. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. They're the only ones that can do that. And then how about rejoicing again through persecution? Listen to Acts 5.41. And so they departed, the apostles, they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name, the name of Jesus. And daily in the temple, in every house, they did not stop teaching and preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though they were beaten, they went ahead and went back to preaching, teaching. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They never ever kept quiet. And then how about fourthly. To rejoice in God's protection for us. He protects us. He says in Psalm 63, 7. Because you have been my help. Therefore in the shadow of your wings. We will rejoice. In the shadow of his wings. Protecting us. Watching over our lives. We rejoice. And then we rejoice in God's blessings. The blessings of God. It's not always financial blessings. The blessings that God has given the opportunity to be with our families. To enjoy our children. To enjoy our grandchildren. To be able to wake up every morning and be able to breathe another day. God has blessed us. 
To be able to stand there and see the blessings of God. Listen to Exodus 18.9. And then Jethro rejoiced in all good which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. Remember when Moses in chapter 18 of Exodus was having problems because he was the judge and he was literally the leader over the whole people, three and a half million people. And every issue he was taking upon himself. So when the 70 saw him, and then when Jethro saw that, his father-in-law, he came to Moses and said, Moses, you're going to kill yourself. And you're going to kill the people. Because every issue you're trying to take care of. Why don't you go ahead and notice and choose men that will help you. A hundred, fifty, ten, and there'll be different responsibility to these men to take care of the issues. But if there's a big issue, an important issue that needs to be taken care of, then we'll bring it to you. And Moses took counsel. His father-in-law gave him counsel, and then he was able to serve the Lord even in a greater way. It was a blessing, not a cursing. And then how about this one? Rejoicing because God's coming again. The Lord's going to come again. We don't know when. It could be any time. But let's say that the Lord delays His coming. And He doesn't come this year or next year. Think of all the things we're going to hear, we're going to see, we're going to feel as believers. And then at the same time as believers, we need to come together in unity. First Peter 4.13, Peter says, But rejoicing to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed when He comes, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Exceeding joy that He's coming again. Thirdly, the reward for persecution. For great is your reward in heaven. Think of all the people that will stand before the Lord that have never been persecuted. Remember, that in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians 5.10, he talks about how the believer is going to stand at the bima seat of Christ to receive rewards. The testing will be gold, silver, wood, hay, or stubble. The value of your work. And if you stand there and the gold, silver, wood, hay, and stubble goes into the fire and it burns and nothing comes out of it, you'll be saved by the fire. Salvation is a free gift of God. The non-believer, once he dies, he goes to hell, not permanent, temporal. And at the end of the book of Revelation, chapter 20, 11 through 15, it's called the white throne judgment. The bima seat of Christ is for believers. But at the white throne judgment of God, hell is going to be open. Hell, antichrist, false prophet, demons, death will be cast into the lake of fire. And then those in hell are going to line up and the Lord is going to open up the books. And he's going to say this, and whoever is not written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. You see, those that do not know God, everything they do has been written down from the time they were born to the time they die. That happened to us. But when we came to Christ... Because of the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing and washing us, we have become white as snow. Everything we did in the past is erased. That's what's so beautiful about coming to Jesus Christ. And the reason that it happens to us in persecution also is because we're trying to keep the commandment of God, not commandments. 
The commandment of God. If we keep the commandments, plural, is what? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Look what he says in Psalm 19.11. Moreover by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them there is great reward. There's going to be a day of rewarding. God's going to reward. He's going to reward the evil. He's going to reward the righteous. And then fourth point. The history of persecution. This is pretty heavy. How about when you look at the history of persecution. Like you look at the prophet Jeremiah. That totally was repeatedly, not only talked against and going and being persecuted. 52 years being defamed and then to be taken and to be killed according to tradition. Listen what he says. Because it's important that we understand. Jeremiah, he was called the weeping prophet. He wept. And you know, when you look at the world today. You look at your loved ones. The reason that we should be weeping like Jeremiah is because they're going to be lost eternally. And then how about Ezekiel? Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 6. He says, And you son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among the scorpions, do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. Speaking of Judah. And then in verse 20, 49. Then I said, O Lord, they say of me, does he not speak parables? They didn't even believe his message. And then he seek the 33, 31. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people. And they hear your words and they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed. You are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well an instrument. For they hear the words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Speaking of the judgment that was coming, they'll know, wow, Ezekiel was right. Now we are in judgment. We didn't listen, we didn't do, and this is what God has done to us. Well, this lesson gives us a lot to think about as we consider that in the days ahead, we might have to make significant sacrifices for our faith. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review today's message, call 800-634-9165, and we'll send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. When you get in touch with us, ask for Raul's teaching titled, Blessed Are the Persecuted and Reviled. To help equip you to stand strong in the Lord, we'd like to tell you more about Raul's new book titled, Sermon of Sermons. This resource provides an in-depth look at Jesus' instructions for holiness with guidance for making decisions that will truly set your life apart for God. You'll also find inspiration for boldly sharing the gospel in these crucial times. Act now to order Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons and take advantage of this limited-time introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to make your purchase. That number again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, 
Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We're grateful for the blessing of your partnership. Your tax-deductible gifts make these programs possible. Join us next time for more from this Sermon on the Mount series. Together, we'll think about God's call for us to act as spiritual salt, pouring the flavors of His hope, love, and truth into the lives of others. Now, here's Raul with a closing comment. How about Zechariah? In Zechariah eleven twelve, Then I said to them, If it is agreeable to you, give my wages, and if not refrain. So they waited out to the wages 30 pieces of silver. It was literally a prophecy of who? Of Judas, that he would betray the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Zechariah also was persecuted, prosecuted, and killed. I would pray that in the future days to come, that we would spend much time in prayer. Wouldn't that be beautiful to have a prayer meeting and to have 5,000 people come? Wow. I think that would change a lot of things. But usually when we have prayer meetings, we have maybe 100 people. It would be so neat to see not only two services, three services, a night of prayer. If everyone came here. As we get on our faces before God and we pray for our children and our grandchildren for this nation and the government. And we pray that God would bring upon us a revival through His Word and the Holy Spirit where people outside of the church would be touched by the Holy Spirit. And we would see many, many conversions in Jesus Christ. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.